Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Girl Power Hour on Blog Talk Radio. Um, I'm very, very excited about today's show. Um, I have a few announcements before we get to our special guest. Um, so let me first say, I, and, and the reason I'm announcing all this first is because I want to make sure the bulk of the hour goes to our guest today. Um, I want to say first that we have a couple of shows coming up uh, in December. December 12th and December 21st are set up uh, specifically for prayer, and these shows are titled An Orchestrated Symphony of Prayer. Um, I will have Elizabeth Harbin and Daniel Katsuk both joining me on both shows, and we will be um, dedicating those shows to prayer. We will be sharing prayers, reading prayers um, from different religions, different faiths, different cultures. Um, we're going to be requesting prayers from people on our, on our friends list online. And, of course, if you have any you would like for us to share, please feel free to do that. You can go to the Girl Power Hour radio page on Facebook and share those prayers to, to the wall or via private message, and, and we'll certainly try to get those in as well. We know right now um, we're praying for, for so many things in the world and in this nation, and, and we want to make sure that we're doing our part at Girl Power Hour. So that's what um, I've decided to do, and I hope that you will set your calendars for those dates, again, December 12th and December 21st. Both of those shows will be at 3 p.m. Central. So be sure to um, put that in your calendars and make make it a point to tune in. And uh, please join us as we pray. Um, today we have a very special guest. I am so honored and so grateful. I cannot say this enough. I, I am a writer and a speaker, and yet I can't find the words to express just how grateful and honored I am to have Kelly Daniels on our show today. Um, before I let her speak to you, I want to give you a little bit of background on her. Kelly Daniels is a professional photographer uh, in Overland Park, Kansas. And um, if you haven't seen her work, you should really friend request her. You can also um, go to the Kelly Gallery, which is her company, and you can see many of her photos. She's taken a great deal of photos in Standing Rock, and she is in Standing Rock right now. That's where she's joining us from today. Um, and she has been speaking out about Standing Rock in Kansas City. Uh, she has been at the International Day of the Girls speaking. Uh, she does presentations for organizations and schools to spread the word in the Kansas City area, and she's on the show today to spread truth and information and ways that we can help. Um, Kelly, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for asking me. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't say it enough. Um, there's so much to talk about, and so I want to make sure that we get straight into um, the information that you have to give us. Um, I know that you shared with me quite a few links, and let me just say to the listeners, everything that Kelly has sent my way that's important for you to have, including um, you know, the Standing Rock Press Conference, uh, any information with regard to how you can help, either making phone calls, um, to officials or to donate, um, you can find those links on the page. And if they're not up right now, they will be after the show. Um, but I know Kelly has a lot of information to share with us, and I want to get started. My first question, and I know this is everybody's question that I've talked to today, is where does everything stand right now? Most everyone knows the base of what's going on, but we've all heard of the emergency evacuation order. 
Um, we've heard that, you know, that came just a few days after the Army Corps of Engineers set a December 5th deadline for water protectors to move out. We've heard that the Army Corps is insisting that there's no threat of force movement. Um, but I know that it, from what I'm reading, it doesn't seem like everybody's really comfortable with that. Um, that, that that promise doesn't feel really comfortable. And that the big thing that um, it seems the governor of North Dakota uh, is saying is that it's about safety, that, that he wants everybody to move out so that they're safer. So first tell us where everything stands right now, and then we'll talk about that whole quote-unquote safety thing. Okay. Um, well, you know, I'm assuming everybody knows about what the Dakota Access Pipeline is. A lot of people, surprisingly, actually have never even heard about it because there's been such limited coverage on the media. Um, and, you know, there's a couple things I'll want to kind of also talk about that have to do with the legalities of it that a lot of people don't know about as far as what energy transfer is actually doing illegally um, that people really don't know about. And um, so eventually I kind of want to talk about that. As far as right now with the, um, the, the encampment, which is the Oteti Sakawan encampment is what they're talking about closing down. Um, first of all, it's, um, you know, right now probably about 5,000 people there. And um, where they want the camp to move is literally across the Cannonball River to the south side of the river, which is about 100 yards away. So as far as being safe, a safety thing, um, first of all, it, there's a blizzard here right now, been for the last three days, and it's virtually impossible to move the encampment. And basically the encampment has been, um, you know, the governor wants to, call an emergency evacuation, basically just to give the law enforcement the, the um, okay to close off roads, to keep supplies from coming in, to stop plowing the roads so people can't go in and out, you know, basically just giving them the okay to not um, give access to the location anymore. It really has nothing right. to do with the, you know, worried about them being cold because literally they're moving 100 yards to the south of the river, which is um, another encampment, which is, you know, um, what they want them to do. But it's just really basically to make it difficult for them because, you know, it's not going to be any warmer on the other side of the river. <laughs> right, so, right. There's no so, heat over yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they, you know you know, try to talk like they care about, you know, them, you know, being in these conditions, but the people are already prepared. They're already fine in these conditions. They're taking care of each other. It's all about community. It's all about helping one another. They, you know, they have yurts and teepees and they've made, um, you know, wood stoves out of barrels and, and they are keeping themselves warm. And um, they also have... Um, the casino, the uh, Prairie Nights Casino right down the road, which is about seven miles down the road, where, you know, people can come. They have rooms here so that if someone is getting really cold, they can they can come here and they can get warmed up and, you know, and they have they have lots of kitchens on the on the encampment as well. So they're feeding everybody. Everybody's fine. The only problem at this point is that 
the roads are not being plowed. The roads are really dangerous right now because the government is not accessing them. And also, they're also stopping people from coming in with supplies. And they're, you know, they're making excuses that, um, oh, well, we're just stopping people, you know, if they look suspicious. You know, they kind of can do whatever they want to do. But if they have too many two-by-fours in their um, vehicle, you know, they're going to they're gonna think of something to tell them that they can't, you know, take these things to the camp because they don't want them there. You know, the governor right. has, you know, um, investments in the pipeline um, company, actually. And so he doesn't want the camp to be there at all. So he'll, you know, they'll do things, they'll do things, anything, actually, they'll do anything, including lie about a lot of things in order to make the, the encampment look bad or violent or um, um, evil in some way. But, you know, everyone okay. and goes then, there and, and, actually finds out different. <laughs> right. And so, and, and let me say that, because you, you mentioned the governor, that's, that's Governor Jack Dalrymple, correct? Right. Governor okay. of North Dakota. And the reason I... Yes, and the reason I say his name is because uh, we're, we're posting a link today to information where you can contact him. But he, so he has conflict of interest. And, and I, right. if you haven't, listeners, if you have not listened or watched the Standing Rock press conference, uh, to all the listeners out there, please go to the page, uh, Girl Power Hour, and you will be able to watch it there. Uh, that information is, is there as well. And so it, it, he does have these conflicts of interest, and that's what people, I think, like you said, don't understand. And I'm, and I'm about to let you just talk to me and, and the listeners as if we know nothing, because really, honestly, we don't. I mean, if we're not there, we don't. We're, we only know what people are telling us, and so it's important right. to get the information from someone who's there. Um, but I, I, will, I do want to speak to what you just said about how um, people are, you know, they're blocking the roads, they're not clearing the roads. We have veterans that are supposed to be there, correct, between December 4th and 7th is when they're supposed to be arriving. So is that a concern without these roads being clear? Is that a concern for everyone? Well, the, you know, the blizzard is slowing down today. It's supposed to end today. So, you know, this this is uh, Wednesday. So we figure Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they are supposed to start coming in on Sunday. Actually, there's about there's at least 100 veterans there now already. So there's a lot of people that have already come in. Um, they actually have uh, a veteran tent set up. They're you know they're ready for the veterans to come in, and they've been you know taking care of them already. So they're they're coming in um, pretty quickly. You know, we got the word out to them that we've actually heard that Morton County Police Department is going to be shutting down the access to the camp altogether um, on Friday. And I think they're doing mm-hmm. that to try to keep the um, veterans from coming in. So we're trying to, you know, get the word out to the veterans to try to get there by tomorrow. <laughs> Although that may be a little difficult. Right. But, but um, you know, I don't know. You know, it's going to be really interesting. There's, like, history being made this week. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a quiet an experience to watch and see what happens. You know, they called, right. they expected about 500 veterans to come, and over 2,500 have signed up to come. And these are policemen, um, wow. they're Navy SEALs, they're uh, firemen, medics, you know, every 
part of the law enforcement field you can imagine that, you know, see the things that are, that are happening here that aren't right. And so they're right. coming to basically create just a peaceful wall of protection mm-hmm. for the encampment people. So uh, coming in, you know, hopefully the roads will continue. You know, I think they've called for some people to clear roads that are, you know, um, that are supportive of the encampment. So there's things that are, what they really need are salt trucks because right now it's so slick that you can't even like, you can like have your car sitting on the road and literally it'll just slide sideways into the ditch. So you, so the salt trucks, they really need salt trucks and, you know, and they need transportation. They need, um, they need a four wheel drive because they actually have so many, um, medical supplies that are in Bismarck right now. I have a friend of mine is the head of the um, medic council, and he said there's about 2,000 um, uh, all-weather. Your phone just cut out. Can you repeat what you just said? Okay, I think we've lost you for just a minute. Um, Your phone's cutting out, and so we can't really hear you. Um, so I'm just going to continue to kind of talk about some information and you just pop in and we'll see if we can hear you. And as soon as I can uh, hear you, I'll stop, I'll stop talking and then we'll get back to you and what you were saying. Um, I know that you were saying that right now we need some salt trucks and um, we need to be able to get some, some people there that can help um, clear these roads. I know too, I've seen um, that, there, because this has been uh, set up as you know an emergency evacuation order, and everything has been stopped, and uh, therefore no one can clear the road, and no one can um, send in any uh, help because they're not allowing any supplies to get in, and even the Red Cross has uh, been you know deterred; they're not able to help uh, in this situation. Uh, it's just been extremely difficult. Let me grab this. This is Kelly coming in. Hi, Kelly. Hi. <laughs> well, one of the things you'll find out you. in this in this area is that things get um, cut off really quickly. They have a lot of um, surveillance and and um, things that are actually cutting down phone lines and Facebook feeds. So don't be surprised if you find me missing. <laughs> Yeah, and if you like, exactly. And let me say that really quickly to the listeners because before we got on on air, Kelly and I had a, a conversation about that. And let me say to the listeners too that that as as Kelly said, uh, this may happen quite a bit. Um, in fact, uh, what I am seeing, and I think what what most people who are awake are seeing, is that these are war tactics that are occurring. There's just a whole lot of information that's being blocked and a lot of false narrative that's being disseminated, a lot of um, information that's being put out like propaganda about uh, Native Americans and the violence and the things that are going on there that, of course, is not going on. In fact, I even uh, read personally um, you know, an, an article by Greg Champagne, who's the president of the National Sheriff's Association, who supposedly visited North Dakota and, and went to Standing Rock and uh, was supposedly trying to make sure that law enforcement was trained and supported, and and he was claiming that the water protections were violence and that they were even that they were even killing buffalo. Which, if you know anything about the Sioux, um, that buffalo are, are sacred to the the Sioux tribe. So that that's absolutely ridiculous. And but this is the kind of information that's being put out, 
and 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 these these few stories unfortunately are standing with people who who are also seeing thousands of videos and images and and uh, live feed whereas this one person this Greg Champagne guy he he had no no images no video to back up what he was saying he was just a white guy in a sheriff's uniform who was speaking and people were, you know, willing to hear that and willing to listen and, and see, quote, unquote, the other side of the story when, when that's not the truth. And so let's keep talking about the truth and hope that they don't cut us off again. <laughs> so, Kelly, back to what you were saying, you, you said that uh, we needed to get some salt trucks in and, and then you continue with that. I was, I was just letting everybody know that I know that the Red Cross is not even able to get any cots in, so there's just been a whole lot of people shut down. I know that there's things that you need, so keep going with that list. So we have we need people with four wheel drives. We need people that you know can start bringing the supplies that are actually in Bismarck here to the camp and getting through and being able to drive through. And really, you know, I I think the most important thing would be salt trucks. Now the police have been saying they keep going back and forth. The governor. <laughs> Okay, Kelly, your your phone's cutting out again. Can you hear me now? Yes, now can I can hear, hear you. Oh, okay, I can so hear you. they say they say that the um, they they keep backtracking on what they're saying. They say that we're not going to let anyone through, and then they find out that really that's illegal. That they really can't keep the people, you know, basically keep them from supplies because they're going to, you know start killing people by doing that and, and they, they realize that they right. there's no way they can do that. So, you know, on one hand we we hear that they're gonna stop things from coming through, but then in the press conference which actually literally just happened, they and say, Well, you know, we're gonna stop people if something looks suspicious and unfortunately, you know, you don't have any control over what the police are doing on you know, they've already been arresting people, and then they stay in jail. No reason. I mean, literally, people over there are taking them to jail. If there's supplies in their car, they're just taking them to jail. And then they, they, they give them, um, then they go to the court for, you know, they drop the charges because there's nothing to charge them with. But in the meantime, they kept them from, you know, so it's difficult because, you know, it's not legitimate what they're doing, but they can get away with it because they're the police, unfortunately, which is really right. scary for people to actually believe this really does happen. And that's, you know, it's one of the things that that's why, you know, everyone, I included, want to believe the police department. And I've even talked to um, a medic that was actually on the front lines and was yelling at one of the police that were, pushing them back and um, using their clubs on people. And she said, you know, you're scaring me. I'm, I usually would, you know, run to you when I'm being attacked, but you're attacking me. So how can I, like, I'm very confused right now because I want to go to you because you are the police, but I'm afraid of you right now. And she was a medic and she said, you know, someday you're going to be hurt and you're going to be looking in my eyes and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be wanting me to help you, and I'm going to help you. But here, you're not helping me. And so, and one of the, the other police that were right next to him started to go after her, and he protected her, and he said, 
thinking, I'm, I'm going to protect you. Just stay close to me. So there's some people, you know, there's some of the guys on the front line that are, you know, they realize what they're doing is wrong. And then there's other guys that are just right. crazy about, you know, um, going after them. And so the, the same thing happens when they're on the road. So they have, you know, unfortunately, very prejudiced police up here that are doing things that are illegal. But, you know, it's really difficult because people are isolated on these roads and there's not a lot that they can do about it. But if enough people are coming, say, with their four-wheel drive, you know, contacting the, um, the, the medics council, the healer and medic, the Standing Rock Healing and Medic Council, and finding out what can we do to help you get supplies there. And, you know, enough, if there are enough people and enough, you know, especially white people that were coming through there with, you know, with things, they're more likely to be able to get through those those police than they, you know, that just come, that just pull them over randomly along the road. If we can get enough people going, the, you know, the whole thing is about numbers of people. One of the reasons that this has, you know, been successful is because the numbers of people that are standing up, the numbers of people that are, you know, speaking their mind and saying, no, this is not right. We and, and people that are coming to camp and camping there, it's, what scares them is the fact that they are peacefully, uh, peacefully gathering there, and, right. and because they aren't being violent, they you know they their hands are kind of tied, so they you know create these circumstances where they you know attack the people. Now some people are going to throw canisters of the tear gas back at them. And they're scared. You know, they're, they're just literally scared. But the violence is, you know, only occurring because the police are attacking them. And it looks like a lot of violence, but it's not because Native Americans are, you know, going after the police. It's they're standing there, and the police are, you know, know that psychologically if they start attacking or they start pulling people over or they start doing these things that it's going to freak people out. You know, these people have been you know, uh, surrounded before. They have been massacred many times before. They have this in their cellular right. memory. So when you, you know, when you pull someone like that over that has that fear inside them or you pull, you know, you surround people like that, you know, they're going to start screaming. They're going to start yelling, you know, because they're scared. Mm-hmm. So um, the same thing happens with this whole thing of where they're pulling people over, they're stopping people. But if you get enough people with um, four-wheel drive that can get in here, they can help just bring bring stuff. You know, that's like a pretty simple yeah. thing to do. And right now, that's what they need. And if we could get people, trucks with um, sand or, or, um, or salt, that is one of the, that is a really big issue right now. If they could just clear the roads, it would make a huge difference. And it would be a lot easier for the vets to come in as well. Right. And so basically what you're saying, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is, and, and even in the press conference that I mentioned, again, if you haven't seen the Standing Rock press conference, listeners, please go to the Girls Power Hour page on Facebook and you can listen to it there. Um, but what I'm, what I'm hearing there and what I'm hearing from you is this is basically like a legal chess game. It's a chess game between the powers that be, and the natives and the water protectors. And the fact of the matter is if they can find a way to make all the little, the war tactics that are being used against them, 
you know, irrelevant because, hey, you're not going to clear our roads. Okay, well, then we've got people that will come in and help us clear the roads. And you're not going to send in supplies. Well, hey, we've got people that will come in and do that. And if you've got veterans coming in and you've got people that are standing there peacefully and prayerfully and uh, protecting in a wall of peaceful protection. And I, I did hear um, the, the gentleman that's leading that particular, um, the, the veterans for Standing Rock that's leading that group, I did hear him say, you know, we are serving as the conscience of the nation. And I love that because I, one of the other, another veteran that was videoed said, you know, this is not the, this is not the America I fought for. This is not what I want. Um, this does not look like freedom, and this is not where this is not okay with me, and that's a beautiful thing. And so, what I think I hear you saying is, you know, let's get in all the things that we need. Let's get in some people with four-wheel drive and some salt trucks, so that we can we can do this. The more people we have, then the less there, you know, the less that the, the tactics they use will negatively affect us. Right, and it, you know, it's all about numbers of people. You know, they they the Standing Rock has been um, fighting this for the last two years legally. They they have, you know, they're in, um, in government proceedings with Energy Transfer, the oil company, saying we do not want the pipeline to come through here. In 2014, they've been stating this. They've been fighting this battle legally for the last two years. So at this point... It's it's a matter, you know, they continue to legally, you know, fight it. They continually, you know, are having lawsuits in County and the governor of North Dakota. But at this point, you know, legal proceedings take time. And the problem is right now they're actually, the pipeline actually illegal drilling down to go under the Missouri River that they do not have a permit for. So, you know, right. a lot of, you know, what vets are coming in, the vets are coming in and saying, you guys, you, the police department of Morton County needs to turn around and they need to pay attention to the people that are actually being illegal, which is the energy transfer right. um, pipeline. And you guys, you guys and, right. and a lot of the vets that I've seen, even when, um, you know, the ones that have come in early, I watched, I was at the front lines with them a couple of days ago where they were walking up and they were, you know, there's a, there's a big, um, there's a big, uh, a block, a roadblock that the police have put up on, on the, it's actually the north side of camp along the high, this is a 1806 is a little highway and it goes mm-hmm. to Bismarck. Well, they've had this blocked off for quite a while now, and um, and it's and it's blocking like all the emergency access to Bismarck. It takes now an hour to go, hour over an hour to get to Bismarck, where it usually would take 20 minutes, and to go all around these other roads to get there. Well, so the vets have already been walking up. They'll walk up to the police um, barricade, and they they are talking to them. And at this point, you know, it's just a matter of changing people's hearts, you know, speaking to people right. from a place of peace peace, and, and saying, you know, guys, what are you doing? Like, and are you going to, if people were to walk in the pipeline path, are you going to shoot them? Like, what, do you guys realize what you're doing? Like, this is not legal. And, you know, they talk about people protesting and, and blocking roads because it's illegal to block roads. And these vets are saying to the police, well, what are you doing? <laughs> you guys are blocking the right. road. This is not. 
this isn't legal. What do you, you know, how can you say that it's not okay to protest, but you think it's okay to Okay, you cut out again, so if you'll repeat what you just said. Okay, so the vets go up to the police line and say, you know, um, it's not okay to, you know, you say it's not okay to, to block for the protesters to block the road for people to drive through. But the police department has blocked the highway for, I think, about a month now to keep, you know, emergency yeah. access for the for the people. And they're, you know, they're basically telling you know, the vets are saying to the police, you know, they're trying to come from, you know, their hearts and on the same level, you know, guys, we understand where you're coming from. Like we, you know, we understand about protecting the public, but you guys are protecting the wrong people. You know, the the pipeline company is illegally drilling right now. Why are you, why are you, right. why won't you just turn around and do, and, you know, and, and, you know, stand, do what you're supposed to be doing and protect the people you're supposed to be protecting, you know? So they're actually just, you know, going up and talking, talking to them. And, and you know, mm-hmm. at this point, you know, there's, you know, you almost, you know, that's why the whole thing is about prayer and being able to talk to people. And, you know, you know, people think that there's violence happening at the front lines, but I'll literally, I'll tell you that I've, I've watched and recorded times where people are, you know, standing in front of the police in water up to their waist in freezing water, handing them water bottles and apples, and then being sprayed in the face with mace. So it's like, <laughs> it's, wow. it's pretty unbelievable what, you know, how you try to react with love because you believe that, you know, you know in order, you have to focus on what you want. And if you want peace, you have to hold a space of peace, continually hold a space of peace, no matter how you're being treated. You know, that's just the way things should be. And what's really sad, and I've told people this a lot, is why can't they, you know, if the police were to, to go, okay, guys, well, let's just sit down and talk about this. So we have protesters on one side of the big barbed wire fence that, that are they're sitting there praying and they're singing and um, they're, they're talking to the guy saying, what are you guys doing? You know, please don't do this. This, you know, don't you, wouldn't you rather be home with your family? You know, this is just, just crazy that, you know, this whole thing is happening. And they're talking to them and they're praying and they're singing. Now, wouldn't it be really neat if the police were able to sit down and talk to them? And wouldn't it be great, instead of spraying in their faces with mace, wouldn't it be great to be able to just go, you know, I know we're in a pickle here, guys. You know, this is a really difficult situation. We wish we could help you out. You know, wouldn't it be awesome if you could have that happen on both sides, if the police could react in that way rather than, you know, just going crazy with their rubber bullets and their um, concussion grenades? Wow. I mean, that's that's really what it's all about. How do do you get people to sit down and talk? (laughs) Right. You know, and, I, and that's a great point. That's one, one thing um, I've seen often and, and I personally have tried to do. I know in, in um, a local event that's being held for December 4th, which is another uh, prayerful event, um, you know, people are praying that, that the hearts change, that the hearts of the, of, of the authority figures that are um, standing and opposing are, are changed because I think, like you said, that's, that's, that's what needs to happen. And, and, you know, we have at least... I, I've seen this. I don't know if this is true. You can correct me if this is wrong, but um, it seems like a few have changed their hearts um, and, and right. changed, you know, 
the side that they're on. Um, and, and it shouldn't exactly. be, as you said, it shouldn't be about sides. I mean, we're all human. We're all one human family. Mm-hmm. This is our, this planet is our home. <laughs> you know, we're a part of this earth and uh, mother earth takes care of us. We take care of mother earth. And so to stand there opposing the protection of your own home, which is in fact what they're doing, um, that that seems well, even you know equally as absurd. It would be great, but the problem is they're misinformed. You know, unfortunately, right. you know these young ladies, you know a lot of these vets. I I was there when the, the vets would come. They would walk over and they would talk to them. And then they'd come back, and I was with the people that were taking care of the vets, and they and they would come back, and they were the vets would be like, wow, that was incredible that was pretty amazing and they were what they were doing is they were you know um they could they were looking into the faces of a lot of these young police that are on the other side who look really they're afraid because they're being told that they're against violence that they're, they're being set up to protect these from these violent people but there aren't any violent people so you know they're staying there kind of um with their mouth dropped open with their eyes just kind of going what you know like kind of like Wow, maybe this isn't right, you know, like, but that's because they've been educated that, you know, to prepare for the violence. And then they get there to the Mm -hmm. front lines, and a lot of them are just kind of, they just kind of want to go crazy because they're just kind of into military stuff, and they'll do that. But others are just looking at, like, these vets, and they said they just, they looked like, they looked young, like they didn't know what they were actually getting into, like what they were actually here for. They they just had no idea because these vets are kind of talking to them, you know, and saying, you know, these are the issues. What are you guys doing, you know? And the guys are looking right. at them like, oh, my God, you know, is there, what are we doing? Like they actually are seeing that. So that's like the, that's the whole idea of the camp really is all these, all these people trying to go up to the front line and saying, you know, trying to talk to them and um, and trying to change their hearts. You know, we even have, there's a video that you can go on YouTube that is about indigenous youth um, go up to the police barricade and they and they hand them a, a, a jar of blessed water. And one of the, and, and they, they hand it to them through this big rolled barbed wire that they have there. They, they can't even cross this thing. There's a, there's, the police aren't in danger. They can't even get to the police. So they, there's this girl is handing this water through the barricade um, to the police, and one of them actually does come up and drinks the water. And, you know, it's like, and the rest of them, you know, have their, their automatic rifles, and they're just standing there with their, with their, um, their, their uh, uh, helmets and face guards on. While these kids are doing a silent prayer, uh, like hundreds of them, up to the police barricade and handing them water. I mean, that's the kind of thing that happens all the time that people don't hear about. Fortunately, at that time, the kids didn't get sprayed with mace. You know, the ones that they hear about are the ones where they do get sprayed. And, you know, it just randomly happens every once in a while. Right. um, And, you know, that's the purpose of the camp. Well, and and one thing you said that I want to make sure our listeners are aware of, um, you know, the fact that these, some of these officers, some of these police officers are uninformed or I guess not uninformed. They are deliberately misinformed. Um, They've been given false narratives. They've been given, you know, they've been told lies so that when they go there, they probably are quick 
to react violently. And like you said, some of them are, you know, into the power play. The ego takes over. There's a lot of ego there. And so I, I know you see that too. But um, one thing and I just scared. before the show, yeah, they're, they're scared because they go in there prepared, you know, prepared for war. That's what they're prepared for. That's what they think they're going in after. And that's what they think they're going into. And so, uh, and, the, and, and unfortunately what they end up, you know, I guess what we end up seeing us that are viewing it and, and you that are there is that the only one really attacking or violent is, is them. But, but at the same time, they go in prepared for that. And, and one thing that, you know, right before we got on the show, I had listened to or watched a video that was um, uploaded by Nico House. I'm not personally friends with him on Facebook, but um, I shared this with you. I want to share this with our listeners just to make sure that it, we again extend this and the reason that some of this stuff is happening um, he and his friends were listening to 99.7 KFYR, which is a radio station in Bismarck. Um, the DJs were claiming that Standing Rock was just another Woodstock and uh, that everybody's doing drugs and dancing and inherently violent. Um, they said that, you know, the people are not peaceful. It was just saying that everyone there is just spreading propaganda and, and trying to hold a marketing campaign to raise their to raise money, to use people's donations to, to raise money for their own like selfish gain. And these these men that these young men that were listening to this were furious because they happened to be at Standing Rock. They were actually leaving the location. They were actually going to the radio station to uh to talk to these DJs about this. But these DJs were doing this uh as an effort, you know, to disseminate this false information. And uh they'd also said that and this was one thing I probably they probably didn't intend to do, but they were saying that people were so up in arms about this, they were actually going to volunteer to be part of the police force. And that's one thing that, that I'm not sure is happening because obviously I don't have the facts you do, but um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if some of these police officers actually are, you know, volunteers. You did have, what was it, a security company that was there with the dogs, correct? And they certainly weren't. Uh, trained and they were not trained to use that tactic. These, all of these tactics, by the way, if listeners aren't aware, is the same stuff that were that were used during the civil rights movement when people were, you know, trying to fight for their rights. Now, and and Black Americans were going to do this exact same thing, being hosed um, with with water, you know, having dogs attack them. All this stuff going on, and all this incorrect information, all this, you know, deliberate dissemination of false information. And so, what I'm trying to stress to the listeners is that. In North Dakota, there are radio stations that are putting out this false information to the citizens there, to the people that live there. And so this one DJ even said that he did go up to a particular woman who was carrying a whole load of supplies that she was taking to Standing Rock, and he was able to talk her out of taking them because he made sure that she knew how violent everyone was there and that they were just using those donations and um and and so this is this is what's happening There's, this is how this is getting changed in so many minds is because you know big media outlets either aren't allowed or they're just not showing up to cover this and so you've got these this this information coming in when it's allowed to come through like you said some of the videos Kelly are getting deleted some of the live feed is getting deleted uh you know, a lot of things are happening that are preventing the truth from coming out. And, and then you have, you know, DJs on um, mainstream radio stations that are locally spreading lies and misinformation. So that's what you guys are up against there, right? And, and you know, yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, these 
these pipeline companies, energy transfer, they are used to going into rural areas. That's why they do that in these places. And they actually, they actually train people. They bring, they bring in and they tell them, this is what you need to do, you know, to fight the, any kind of protesters. And this is how you need to, this is what you need to say to the public. This is how you need to do this. They're literally coached in how to handle wow. um, any kind of um, problems that might occur for the pipeline company. And what's really interesting, and governor, the governor of North Dakota just had a um, press conference and where he, you know, he, they asked him how much money has been uh, you know, uh, allocated for this or used for this. And they, they, the taxpayers of North Dakota are going to be paying out $17 million to protect this pipeline. And what's, you know, really, wow. really crazy is that isn't, it, isn't energy transfer creative on how they, they get to free, free, um, uh, you know, um, protection for their mm-hmm. building of their pipeline. They get it for free. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, people like the governor who have investment in the pipeline, you know, direct investment in the pipeline, um, are like, uh, you know, using public funds to protect the pipeline to go through. And so people, taxpayers, are going to be paying for this, $17 million. And for the energy transfer, they know what they're doing. They, you know, they, they know exactly what they're doing. And, and even, um, you know, you talk about the dogs, that, the dogs that came in. Those were actually um, hired by the pipeline company, um, a private security company that actually Ill- was illegal. And, um, and, you know, the reason they brought those in was because the, um, the sites, the sacred sites and the burial grounds, were actually recorded and put into court the the day before. So they actually had the locations that they they had to like give you know the the court to let them know you know we these we have proof here here are the sacred sites. The next morning, the um, actual pipeline the pipeline company had their bulldozers go 20 miles out of their way on a holiday morning on a Saturday holiday morning to start bulldozing those sacred sites that were listed on the paperwork for the courts. So they knew that the Native Americans were going to be upset about that. So they, that's why they hired extra security and attack dogs to, so that they could get those sites um, desecrated before the people could stop them. So, you know, it's like things like people don't hear – you know, the whole story, they hear, oh, there's attack dogs and the natives were really mad. And, you know, but they, you know, this is why they were mad is because it was, a, it was actually purposefully done. And the crazy thing about North Dakota is that those people with the illegal attack dogs were never prosecuted. This happens time and time again. They even had DAPL um, employees that come in and pretend like they're water protectors. They call them agitators. And they hired them to come in, and one guy even came in with an automatic rifle and came through camp oh pretending like he was a water protector. And then the police were informed that there's a water protector with a rifle. Well, the, 
Bureau of Indian Affairs, which is like the police department of the, you know, the the reservation, they surrounded the guy and they had him in the river. They they got the the proof out of his um, car in the insurance of the vehicle that it was a DAPL employee, and he never got prosecuted. So you know that's because of the you know the corrupt government that is in North Dakota. They can't even even when things are illegally you know happening, they're they're not prosecuting those. And so nobody is getting arrested. That's why it's so difficult for these people to go through the legal system. That's why, you know, people say, well they're illegally camping now on these um <laughs> on this Corps of Engineer land, which is actually eighteen fifty one treaty land, which was actually illegally taken away from them. So to them this is mm-hmm. sacred um Sundance uh, lands and and you know things that they're they were all already promised a long time ago. So they're camping there, but now that they have this eviction notice that basically gives law enforcement the okay to create more force against them. That's all it does. And so right. you know it's been difficult for them because they can't. They've gone through the legal systems and it doesn't work. So the only thing that you know for them is to to um, peacefully protest, to peacefully camp and, and be there. And, you know, it's so important to them. It's like more than just, you know, it's not just a pipeline to them. It's not just drinking water, although water is very sacred to all of us. It's not just that. Right. It's the fact that they have processes in their culture <laughs> that if this black snake is what it's called, goes through North Dakota, which is a pipeline to them, with, if this black snake comes through North Dakota, it will not only, you know, be, be you know, just a bad thing. It will be the end of their people. I mean, we're talking a very, you know, for them, you know, it's, it's life or death. It's not just a matter of, mm-hmm. oh, our water needs to be clean, you know, not, not just the, the fact that this pipeline actually was slated to go through um, north of Bismarck. And they, Bismarck, decided they didn't want that to affect their drinking water, so they changed the route to right above the Standing Rock Reservation, which is, you know, a very poor area and, you know, not as, not as uh, densely populated as Bismarck. So they, they kind of figured that they didn't, you know, they wouldn't be able to, you know, hire attorneys to fight it or anything and, and, or that anybody would listen. And, you know, literally this whole thing started with LaDonna Bravebull Allard, which I don't know if you know about this, but she has private property um, on the Cannonball River, on the other side of the river, that, um, and she's part of the Sioux Tribe. She's actually a historian for the Sioux Tribe for Standing Rock. And she um, started a prayer group of women because she has her son is buried on the, um, on the banks of the, the river. And um, she heard that she's known for the last two years that this pipeline has come through. Well, they just kept coming, and she, you know, they've been fighting this legally. She finally just put out a prayer on Facebook and said, please come and please stand with me, and please help us stand against this. And she was hoping for maybe 40 people to come out. And now, you know, there have been up to 10,000 people at this encampment and it's literally like one of the largest cities in North Dakota now. I mean, this is a big place for them to have to say evacuate all of a sudden and go across the river. You know, 
go across right. the river. We don't want you on this side of the river. We want you on the other side of the river, you know. And like I said, it's only so that they can have the right to shut the road down, to, you know, stop any access. And literally they're doing this because of the 2,500 2, vets that are coming on Sunday. They put the, the evacuation on Monday, you know, and there's, there's reasons you know, for that, they know that the numbers of people they cannot control. That's the only thing they cannot control. And so that's, you know, that's why, that's why they're fighting it so hard is because the numbers are growing so much because people see that this is not right. This is, you know, this is, um, you know, not the American way. This is, you know, ridiculously, like there's an, a ridiculous amount of civil and human rights that are being violated here. So, um, so you know, it's amazing what that little prayer that LaDonna put out and has created an incredible movement. And really the whole movement is about moving from fossil fuels to clean energy. So, you know, when I go there, what I see and what I saw from the very beginning when I first went in September was this incredible community that's basically paving the way to show people how do you live more simply, how they're setting an example of being able to be together in community, taking care of one another, and starting to live in a more simple way, cooking over fires for thousands of people, you know, getting solar energy, getting wind power energy in, and, you know, creating simple structures that they can live in. And these people are so happy. You know, the, the people there are eating better there than they are on reservations. You know, they're more, they feel more loved and more supported in this camp than they ever have in their reservation. And so this, this is why this has grown so much is because, you know, it's actually healing people. There is so much poverty and there's so many problems on reservations right now. It's, you know, it's absolutely you know, uh, horrific conditions that they're living in. And, you know, even the teen suicide rate is 10 times the normal rate of, you know, American citizens, norm, you know, in, in the rest of the population. It's 10 times the rate of suicide on the reservation because of the poverty and the, the problems that are, ha- that are happening there. This has given people hope. This has given people, like, you know, the, the suicides are, you know, the, the levels of suicides are, decreasing and people are like you know coming together and they're helping each other and so you know as a person that when I first went to this camp I didn't know really much of what it was about I had another mom tell me about this and you know I live in Kansas City 12 hours away and I heard you know that they had a um, you know a kayak um, and a canoeing thing that they were doing to like um, stand up for these people that were having some problems with this pipeline going through and they were wanting to protect their water. So when I went up, I really didn't know, you know, what was going to happen, but I felt a very strong pull, which is what a lot of people feel, a very strong pull to go there. Like, I mean, I was crying because I was thinking, gosh, I mean, I don't really have time to do this, but I can't not do this. For some reason, I really didn't know about it. And when I got up there, when you start going into the community and you see the elders speaking around the fires and people and the children playing and the, and the families together and they're cooking together and they're taking care of each other and they're hugging and they're doing runs and they're, you know, doing all these things to, 
you know, to to come together as a community to say, you know, you know, we're, you know, to have 300 plus tribes come to support is a historical event in itself. Get all those tribes to come together, and when you're there, you know, the tribes coming in and everybody's hooting and hollering and celebrating because another tribe has come in and another flag has gone up. And it's just like it's so beautiful there. And and so everyone, you know, that I know that has gone up there, they're very impacted by the community and how loving and normal it is, you know. And that's the unfortunate part is that people, the only, the only thing that media has covered is the violent things that have happened to the people, unfortunately. But, you know, because of that violence, you get the, the you know, the media. But those big media companies are funded so much by oil companies that they can't, they are limited ah. in what they can say. They're very limited in what they can say. They can't talk about it. So it's not, you know, it's not just a matter of they're just not interested. They can't talk about it. And that that's, you know, that's, a, that's one of the big problems. And people are trust. They trust the media. They trust police departments. <laughs> we all want to. You know, we want to trust the government. You know, it's a scary thing to think that you can't trust the government or that you can't trust the police department. A very, very scary thing. So people would rather think. You know, they everyone always thinks. Well, how can they do that? They really can't get away with that. How could they possibly get away with that? Somebody would stop mm. them. And but they're not, and that's what's incredible about the whole that is stopping them. They are lying. You know the the sheriff is completely lying, even about you know the right. the um, concussion grenades. You know the the last mm-hmm. time that that they um, threw concussion grenades and sprayed the people with water, and you know three hundred people were injured. You know twenty nine people went to the hospital. One woman had. A concussion, a, a concussion grenade thrown at her arm and got literally almost blown off. Right now it's like being, you know, uh, operated on, and it, she may get 10% of her um, uh, ability to use her arm, but probably may very much looking like it will be amputated. Now this woman mm. was standing on the other side of a barbed wire fence holding a sign up, she started getting pelleted, like shot with the rubber bullets, and she started running away. She was getting hit by these rubber bullets. And so when she was running away, the police threw the concussion grenade at her, at her and hit her arm. And literally it looked, looked mm. like it was blown off. So it's like, and what's hilarious, though, they, they make up stories. You know, unfortunately, the sheriff's department, they say, oh, well, we found um, – you know, some uh, propane tanks that, you know, I think they were making bombs. And, you know, basically what the the police are saying is basically that Native Americans were blowing themselves up. You know, nothing, nothing actually got blown up on the police side. They, the Native Americans were all getting blown up and they were all blowing themselves up, (laughs) which is actually, you know, pretty hilarious. And they have no proof. They have no video proof. They've never had any video proof. But people listened to the police. They believe them. Right. And even, even you know, when these big, um, you know, CNN and the, the big uh, um, medias, they, they will um, call and they will say, oh, what is your take on what's happening? And so the police tell them what their take is, of course. And then, then the, that's what the media will tell people. But they haven't even been mm-hmm. here. They haven't even 
come here. They have no idea what's really happening here. People just trust the police, you know, and, and right. you know, people are finding out that that's, that's not really what's happening. Well, so, and, you know, and right let me now. say, let me Go say we, we have about five minutes, so I want to I wanna make sure that you get the information out that we need to get to the people on how to help. But let me say this really quick to what you're just saying and, and make this clear to listeners. Um, as Kelly said, there's a lot of this information that comes out, the disinformation, the deliberate misinformation that comes out that, um, you know, unfortunately typically does come from the side of the authorities, the side basically, like you said earlier, Kelly, um, that the script that they are told to give by these big oil companies um, because it's, the North Dakota governor, like you said, has a conflict of interest and is invested in this company. And so they're doing anything and everything to keep this going the way that it is. They stand to lose. He personally stands to lose a lot of money if it doesn't go this way. You have to remember that and that the information that you're seeing, these live feeds, if you don't, if you don't have access to that, there's so many sites on Facebook, so many pages you can go to, the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, uh, anything that's Standing Rock, you can go to the Veterans for Standing Rock, um, all these different outlets on Facebook, and you'll get live feed information, you'll get truth, you'll get um, independent, uh, you know, news places like mine. Like this is this is an independent, uh, n- you know, news outlet, and so you can get information from people who are actually there, and and you, I know it's scary. I like Kelly said, it's scary not to be able to trust, you know, the authorities, the police, but at the same time. You have to look at the fact that there are thousands of accounts and hundreds of people and, uh, you know, now thousands of people at the camp, but hundreds of people that have been sharing videos and live feed. And um, we cannot discount all of that very clear truth coming from um, Standing Rock by because one sheriff, you know, says that, that, well, that's not what happened. Without any video proof and without any images uh, to back up what he's saying, we have to stay awake and know that, yes, this is happening, and yes, it is scary, and yes, it is unjust, and so let's fix it. Let's change it. Let's do something about it. And, Kelly, what can we do? How can we help? Um, Well, one of the things, uh, you know, I think it's important that we post on your Facebook wall. Uh Uh-oh. Are you there? Yes, we're here. Okay. Um, You know, the uh, standing... Um, healer council and the standing rock um, legal council. We're going to post all those things on there so that people can um, to go go to those things. But one of the things I think is really important to um, to talk about that I want to talk about just really briefly is that this company. This isn't just a pipeline going through that people it's safer to do a pipeline through that. This company actually, um, actually you know, a multi-billion dollar company. That is breaking the law. You're cutting out on this, Kelly. Oh, well. So they 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 put this pipeline in, and um, they put it in increments so that it looked like a small project, so that they didn't have to do a full environmental assessment, which is required by law. And this is really this is what all that the people there at the camp are asking for is they're asking for it to be legally um, done as the, the full environmental assessment, which is what they, is required by law that they should have to do, that they didn't have to do because of the way they divided the project up into little pieces. 
So basically, you okay, know, and I, I really Kelly, I'm going to have to. I'm, I'm going to have to stop you right here, and what we're going to do is we're okay. going to let you post on the Girl Power Hour page because we're about to run out of time. Um, I just okay. want to thank you again for being on the show. I cannot tell you enough how much it means to me and the listeners to have you here. And listeners, again, um, thank you so much for tuning in today. Please share this. This show is, is shareable. You can go to the link and, and share it on your page. Share it as often as possible to get this truth out. And certainly make sure that you go to our Girl Power Hour Facebook page and get all the information you can. Um, we'll be sharing that on the page today. Thank you again, Kelly. Um, and, and I'll have you share as much as, as we can on the page. Thank you again for, for talking to us today. Thank you so much for sharing them. You're welcome. Thank you, listeners, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central. <laughs>